You hear that, you guys? We made it. It's almost over. 2020 is about to wrap up. Talk about building resilience. If you live through 2020, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are indeed alive, you undoubtedly grew this year. Probably against your will, but you did and you made it and it's almost done. But before that, December for me is the month of hope, joy, the birth of Jesus. It's a great month. And I'm choosing this year to let it be the best month of the year, to slow down, to breathe deep, and to just celebrate that this year is done. This dumpster fire is almost behind us. More hope, more joy, more Merry Mary, and just a little more Jody to get you ready for Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, I'm talking to Dr. Shannon today all about stress. Now, if you've been tuning in regularly, you know that Shannon really likes to harp on me for being such a pusher and living such a busy life. So she's going to challenge all of us today, which just makes us healthier. So I hope you enjoy this episode on stress, Christmas edition, and I hope it helps you make some good choices for things you can eliminate and ways that you can reduce your stress. Merry Christmas. Dr. Shannon, welcome back to the More Jody podcast. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this topic, which I feel like you handpicked because you want to correct my stress. You want to point me to a better, point me in a better direction. Is that true? Is that why you wanted to talk about stress? Yeah, and I'm on a mission. 2020 has been a, I feel like you're your Facebook or Instagram post was just right on point. It has been a dumpster fire. And so that hasn't helped anybody stress for anything. And so I think it's just all the more important that we really talk about it and figure out how to deal with it. I think so too. And today I found this quote that says, it's not stress that kills us. It's our reaction to it, which at first I thought was a really good quote because I'm like, you know, mindset's everything but stress is literally killing us. Like literally it's causing diseases and all sorts of problems in our body. So we have to do a lot more than change our mindset. And so I think the world is, is getting it wrong because we look at stress as just like something we don't have to um, change. Like we just have to keep adapting. And yet there's a lot of stuff we can empower ourselves to do to change that sort of stress. But um, stress is a very real thing, and so is mindset. So let's start off with having you define stress for us. Yeah, so basically when I talk about stress with patients, there's sort of two ways that we look at stress. We look at stress as being something that impacts you both in a positive way, uh, but in a negative way as well. And so what's really important and what the goal always is, and of course we can't completely get rid of negative stressors in our lives, but the goal really, especially with our positive stressors, we really want to try to keep those things as positive as we can, because really the body sees stressors in quite the same way with, with like, it's a super fine line that we have to walk on. So for example, exercise. So exercise is indeed a stress in the body, but we want to make sure that we keep it a positive stressor on the body. And so, you know, I often have the conversation with patients. It's like, when you finish your workouts, how do you feel at the end? 
do you feel super ramped up and really good and like your heart's a pump in and like right. life is great and you feel fantastic or are you ending your workout and you have to lay on the mats for 20 minutes because you like push too hard yeah and so it's that fine line of of you know it's it's our body dealing with the the sort of basic instinct fight or flight or freeze um and and so it's really trying to take that and and make it as body coping as we can right i think i think what my biggest stressor is right now is the unknown there's just yeah. like you know and then people say things like new normal and i just like want to die like i'm like oh my gosh you know even i've been thinking about how um we'll reference a little bit today even the guilt of say not working out or the guilt of eating like half a pie or whatever, the guilt and the stress that comes from guilt is a really big thing. And I don't understand that necessarily, but I know that people will say like, it's really important to walk away from something in your mind. Like if you do make a choice like that, that you're like, no, I just, I didn't go to the gym today or yes, I ate a half a pie. Like I should probably make some better choices, but not to beat ourselves up about it. But there's some of those ones that we don't ever really acknowledge guilt as being a stressor or, um, the unknown, but those are really big right now. And pushing people so hard. I feel like, especially the guilt one. And I feel like, especially as women, especially yeah. as working women, um, especially moms, like that's all so, there's just so much to do and things are so overwhelming. And this is truly my, you know, I've, I've talked about before, I want to start a food revolution, but I also feel like I want to start a lifestyle society revolution because modern society has created just disasters for people. Yeah. The idea that, you know, we're supposed to push harder and work harder and be better. And somehow you're supposed to go to work and make enough money and spend time with your kids and exercise and eat well and cook from scratch and have a garden and, you know, improve at work. And it's, it's, how do people keep up? They don't. Even as you say that, I feel stressed out. <laughs> Me too. Right? Like that's literally yeah. like, and it's interesting because even when you do succeed in certain areas, it's never enough. Right? Like I succeed right. at work and they're like, let's raise the budget. Let's, right? Yeah. Or you succeed at work and then you feel guilty because you had to spend, you know, a couple less nights with your kids eating dinner. Totally. And yeah, so that's really interesting because that's something I didn't really think about before. Um, but then the whole reason we also planned this for December is that December is the month of guilt and stress and family obligations. And so it was just something that we, you, you and I both really wanted to share in the month of December when everyone um, should maybe just curl up with a Christmas movie and a cup of tea, you know, um, and put decide to step away from some of those obligations and things that don't bring joy or things that are just a tradition that can die, you know? And, um, but we, women, we push ourselves extra hard in December. And so that's why this is a really good topic for the month of December. And I hope that people are inspired by it. Yeah. And I think what's really important too, and what I'm sort of hoping is that the dumpster fire that 2020 has been, has sort of at least given us some eye-opening exposure to sort of what isn't working and what is working and, and things that we need to get out of, right? So do I foresee a Christmas with lots of family around? No, nope, I don't. No. And so, you know, for a lot of people, I think COVID may be the reason and a, a good reason 
um, well, not a good reason, but um, an excusable reason, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. To not go and hang out with huge family gatherings that are super stressful and really overwhelming and super triggering, especially if you've got like childhood trauma stuff to deal with and, and that kind yeah. of thing and, and can be a really good excuse for, for kind of taking, taking the time to, like you said, hunker down, um, make some personal or, or, you know, household family tradition traditions and, and memories. really appreciate the time you yeah, have the memories and, and make it really restful. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like, don't you feel so good when you find a bright, bright side of COVID? <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh yeah, there aren't very silver... many. No, there aren't very many, but some of the, like the silver linings, um, you know, especially when stuff shut down at the beginning, that was just fantastic. Like, I'm like, the world felt like a pimple that needed to pop and it popped Yeah, and we rested yeah. and we all like a lot of people you'll talk to, I'll be like, oh, we rested. We connected as a family. We did these things at our house and it was awesome. And so it's like, that is something to think about too, is for a lot of the people, like you said, have anxiety around Christmas and around, you know, um, seeing family. And so this is kind of um, a treat year for that, for that reason. That's, um, that's kind of nice. Um, so let's talk about your type A people. We've had this conversation many many times, um, type A and pushers. So I identify a type A person as expecting perfection, always driving for the motivation, usually of being perfect, um, achieving, 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 um, having really high standards for others and kind of being sometimes unforgiving, um, and how they, perceive other people's level of workload, et cetera. And then I see a pusher as someone who is just highly motivated and excited about life. And then they push themselves too hard just out of their own hyper spirit. Is that what you, would you agree with that or disagree? I think I would agree with that for sure. And I, I definitely see those two types of patients in practice. I do find that the type A's, especially the perfectionist type A's are much more challenging to get through to even when they come in and I know that they're they're overachieving and they're you know their their goals to to work toward are are just too much that it's it's really quite a challenge to convince them so I definitely have an easier time convincing the pushers that we need to kind of take a step back and and reassess where things are at, especially when the body starts to tell us very loudly that things aren't feeling good. Like I know for myself, I'm someone when you said, you know, about finishing a workout, how do you feel at the end? I just feel like more alive than ever. However, if I was certain times a month, if I'm ovulating or I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I can't have a hard workout. Like I can go for a walk around the neighborhood. That is it. Or I'm going to do yin, which literally is like laying around. Um, in different postures and positions and stuff. Right. But I definitely think that I've seen even over the last years, the hazards of being a pusher. And if you get a bunch of pushers together, so I think people should consider also who they're friends with. Um, it can go both ways. If you hang out with people who just sit on the couch always and eat potato chips, you might do that a lot more, but if you hang out with overachievers, you're going to be pushed to achieve more and more. And that can be unhealthy too. I think as long as you keep it in check and keep checking your motivation as well, but being aware of just like anybody who's influencing you, you know what I mean? 
Totally. It's huge. And I think the, the, the thing too, that, that we're missing so much, and I talk about this a lot with our food as well, but really is that connection. So we're missing the connection to the earth. We're missing the connection to our food, but hugely we're missing the connection to ourselves. And so I literally can't tell you how many patients will come in and, and, you know, they can say, I'll ask them, so, you know, you've come in, you're getting crazy migraines three times a week. You've had diarrhea for months. Your hormones are all over the place. Where are your stress levels at as a type A? And they'll say, mm, maybe four out of 10. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And like, they're no, so they're stubborn. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but so that's the stubborn. thing, right? Like, there's just so disconnected with ourselves that. I think this is sort of the first place to start, especially if you're type A or especially if you're somebody who's really motivated and a go-getter and and just has lots on the go, like we all do. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, to check in with yourself, to be like, you know what? Today, I'm not feeling like I could do as many reps or as many sets or as heavy a weight or as far of a run or, you know, and that's just with exercise, but it's the same thing. It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling extra tired. I think I am going to go to bed early or I feel like I need a little bit more water because I haven't had enough yes. today. And so it's, oh. it's really starting to like make these connections with ourselves to be like, what does my physical body actually want? Because this is a struggle with type A's and pushers is that that motivation, those goals, those things that they're striving towards, they, they push through the discomfort and they've pushed right. so far that now it's affecting their physical bodies. Right. And they ignore it for a long time. Yeah, ignorance so that's, is bliss. It's, it's, so, it's so key. But I also cannot tell you how many patients have come to me way, way past that. And they're literally on short-term disability and haven't worked in months or a year because they just wouldn't stop and their body had to literally force them. And that's so sad when your body has to tell you, right? Like, and I think that's most people because we are, we get set in our own ways. And I think if we stay curious, I think curiosity is so important because if you're like, oh, like my knees are constantly aching. Oh, is that because I maybe shouldn't be at CrossFit? Maybe my body is not made. Like, I think a lot of us were not made for the same types of physical activity either. I don't think everybody's the same. You know, you see a guy that's like built like a lumberjack and then a guy that you're like, yeah, he should fix computers. He's got very delicate hands (laughs) and there's just, we're all different. Like we're not you know, a cookie cutter person. And so I think it's really important to stay curious about um, the reactions and responses of our physical body. I know that when COVID started and I was trying to figure out how to manage my two offices and my, I went to the the grocery store and I saw the blood pressure checker and I was like, I just always have such low blood pressure that I just like to like check it and then be like, Oh, I'm so healthy. And I was like 142 over, I don't know, like 110 or something. And I'm normally like 90 over 50. It was so high. And I immediately called my sister and was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, Jody, like you've got to figure out that, like the core of that, like that's serious. And I did, I felt like I felt so tired and yet I couldn't yawn. And I always think not yawning is a funny thing. Cause you know, when you wake up on a Saturday and you like keep yawning and it's cause you're all cozy and your body just feels so good resting. Um, but like all of that, the whole month of March and April, like I couldn't yawn. I was so wound up, so uptight. And it's cause I was just, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was trying to manage the stress of 20 people and help them through something that I didn't know what it was. Right. And so seeing my body, I was devastated. I was like, Hey, like, Um, and then I, you know, decided to make a bunch of, um, commitments for myself of things that I would do all the time because my job wasn't going away. 
but how could I mitigate that stress? Um, but yeah, I think that, that there's just too much that we take on. And then I think a lot of times, some of it we have to have, like we have to have a job or we need to have income or whatever. But then I think we have a lot of say in our personal lives that we don't always do what's best there because of people put a different pressure on you for commitments. Right. So Usually. a lot of that stuff can add a lot of stress. So something I wanted to talk to you about a little bit was, um, if, if I think that I know I'm a pusher for sure, if I know that as a pusher, I do work really hard to, you know, have Epsom salts baths a couple nights a week. And I take days where I just walk and I do yoga. Do you think that as a pusher, it's okay if I still push when I, when I do decide to push as long as I work in, you know, some like laying down and eating chips and all of those other good things. Do you think that's okay? <laughs> I think that, that the answer, you know, is probably not what you're going to want to hear, but really it is an individual, like tell me, okay, like with that, how is your body feeling? I feel, I feel and good so, actually. Yeah. And so for everybody, that answer is going to be different. It, right. it may be different on an hour by hour basis or a daily basis or a weekly basis. And so that's why it's so important to continue to check in. I think the other thing too, that, that we've sort of been duped or like sold a false bill of goods is this idea that to reward ourselves, we often do it with bad things. Right. Right. It's such a mess. And so it's like, you know, do I, do I, if you're super stressed out and really overwhelmed and exhausted, like, do I want you eating chips? No, not really. I want you eating crazy right. nutrient dense food. That's going to, you know, refill all your gas tank levels of all your nutrients and minerals and vitamins. And so do you need to do that all the time? No, of course not. But right. those kinds of things are just going to help you be successful for longer. But again, it's really, it's really that checking in. And I often ask patients, I'll, I'll say, okay, how stressed out are you? And then like that, you know, like that example I, I mentioned before, sometimes I laugh because it's, you know, it's very obvious I'm to me two. and probably anybody <laughs> else listening. Yeah. But I'll, then I'll, I'll follow that question up with, okay, but if we, if we look at everything that's going on in your body, if 10 is the worst you can imagine, how stressed out is your body feeling? Totally. Especially if you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Right. Like you're like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. But yeah. go, going further on that, that makes me think. So when I had first moved to Vancouver Island and I had this new job and I was very stressed, I didn't feel like any of my staff liked me. And that's like a big thing for me is being accepted. And I just, oh, I was just so super uncomfortable. And my parents were there for the first little bit. And I would come home every night and I would just pour myself a huge fat glass of wine. And I mean, like there's times you pour a glass of wine, not a big deal, but I was almost like twitching as I like poured the wine. And after a little bit, my dad was like, Joe, I just want to say like, I'm kind of like, I just want you to watch that because I was out here by myself for like six months. Right. And he's like, yeah. you know, he's like, I, I'm not calling you out. I, I just want you to be careful that that doesn't become a problem. And it was interesting. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, no, like I'm fine. So then I decided I'm going to give up wine for the next week. Well, like, Oh my gosh, like the first three days, like I wanted it so bad. I was definitely depending on it to calm down at the end of my day, which I don't ever want to depend on something. And so I kind of wanted to ask you about, um, what are liquid or pill stress relievers doing to us? And so for example, I put coffee, wine, things like Ativan, antidepressants, what kind of impact is that stuff having on us? Um, overall, because we can, we can use some of these things as like coping mechanisms, 
but are they hurting us more if we don't just like fix the root? Yes, <laughs> you've, you've answered your own question. And so I think the struggle, and I mean, we see this a lot and I feel like it's sort of become a funny joke that, you know, and I'm, I'm not a parent yet. And so I get it. I don't understand what it's like to have crazy kids and have them running around the house and have to do everything on top of everything else. But holy smokes there, I feel like there's something not right with, with the, the whole parental mom scene that they feel like they, they need to come home and, and drink a whole bunch or drink a whole bunch after their kids go to bed and that kind of thing. Because it's like, we got to sort that out. Like, yes, a glass of red wine here or there, there's plenty of antioxidants, there's resveratrol, there's lots of good things in it. But, but we, you know, it, it, it's sort of like your dad said, it's, it's not just about calling people out. It's, it's really same thing, connecting with yourself to look in and be like, why am I doing that? Like, what is that? What is that soothing? What is that helping? You know, some people are stress eaters or stress drinkers. They'll smoke cigarettes. They'll do recreational drugs, like all these kinds of things. They're over-exercising. So it's, it's really looking at your habits to be like, okay, like, you know, what am I getting from this? Is this a positive or negative stressor on my body? Are there healthier ways that I could cope with this? And then looking further to be like, okay, like what's not working and, and how do I go about fixing it? And sometimes it's not short fixes and, and that's okay. It is what it is. But that right. awareness and that understanding can make a really big difference so that while you're on your way, you're like, no, you know what? Like, I know things are still messy, but I'm, I'm working towards this being better. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm, I'm doing these things as sort of as health wise, health conscious wise as, as possible. Well, and of course you and I both, we would want people to get medication if that's what they need for their bodies. Like neither of us are saying people shouldn't be on those things. I want to just say that before I get like some messages, <laughs> but I, I think it's more that a lot of this stuff, as my friend Shannon says, was very band-aidy. It's a very band-aidy solution, right? It's like a day-to-day coping thing. Yep. And I think as soon as I'm like, I used to really crave cheeseburgers when I would get like be having a really stressful day at work. I was like, I just really need a cheeseburger. It didn't help. There was an A&W in my office parking lot, but no, I don't have I that. I always be like, I just need a mama burger. Um, and so, but that became something that I would notice, like I'm really stressed today. And then all of a sudden, like my super healthy soup in the fridge just doesn't appeal. And I started to get yeah. really curious. Like, why do I want a burger so bad right now? When I have something that I actually loved eating yesterday, last night, like, why don't I want to eat it now? And then I'm like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm, my body is like, I want grease to make me feel better about my circumstance. Right. Which is, yeah. And I think the other thing that's really important to sort of like the medications, but really it's the same thing with supplements. It's like they're, they're hundred percent is a time and a place for stuff, but I cannot out supplement and a medical doctor who can prescribe things cannot out prescribe your life being a disaster. Right. Which is really really, too bad. You know, like, (laughs) of course, but like if people are having panic attacks or those kinds of things, Ativan is, can be hugely helpful, right? When you have a panic attack, you feel like you're going to die. And so to be able to have that, at least while you're working through stuff, again, those, those band-aids are okay, but we want to be sort of working towards resolution or towards something that's better or, you know, making sure that we're really sorting out that root cause of stuff because, you know, taking Ativan or supplements, like supplements aren't any better um, when it comes to those things. I mean, they, they can provide some more nourishment or, you know, your body may be low on things and, and that's sort of, a, you know, physiologically a little bit different, but it's, it's yeah, we, we can't out-supplement or out-medicate 
you being just so beyond stressed out and overworked and overwhelmed and anxious. What makes me think of the saying, you can't outrun your fork, which I literally tried to do for like 15 years. (laughs) It's like, nope, can't outrun my fork. It's not working for me, unfortunately. Right. But something I'll do sometimes too, like as a gauge with exercise is if I'm feeling really, really low, I'll just decide to go for a walk. And then if my, and Perfect. I'll try to pick it where I want to go so bad, like the woods, cause I have lots of access to things like that, but I'll go into the woods. And then like yesterday I went into the woods for a, a loop that was about five and a half kilometers. And I decided three kilometers in that I was going to run two kilometers and I did. And then I walked the last little bit at the end, but I didn't run the whole thing. And I was on a trail, which is also really kind to my knees and my joints, which I love, but kind of just going out there with no expectations. Cause I can tell when I'm being lazy and I can tell when my body's like, no, you need a day to, you know, like take her easy. Which like gold star for you for sure. Because I I can't tell you how many people don't understand that or will look past it and just ignore it totally. I feel like, you know, I feel like as I get closer to 40, I can't even imagine who I'm going to be by 50. I'm going to be doing whatever I want all the time. (laughs) But like, as I get, as I get closer to 40 and that's something actually, I want to talk a little bit about, um, people pleasers are so at risk for high stress lifestyle, right? Like that's, that's something I think about. And as like a recovering people pleaser, like now I will say, I'll sometimes speak through my boundary, which is awkward and weird and people don't do that. But sometimes I'll have to, I'll have to talk myself through something if I get asked, because a few years ago, when probably around the time that I saw you, um, for my stress and, um, to figure out my body, one of the things was that I had told somebody I would cater a lady's Christmas party. I am not a caterer. I, I know. And there were 45 people attending. And the whole reason I said yes was because I have this thing in my head that like, I literally think I can do anything. Like I literally have this thing that's like, I can do that. And it's not even like no one's forcing me. And yet I could tell it made it easier for them. If I did that, I like everything homemade. So I was like, Oh, this makes sense. But like I had a, I had two, I was training. I was doing my insurance job. I was a mom. I was getting up at four in the morning and now I catered a Christmas party. Like what was all from scratch too. It was like, it was just like one of those crazy moments where partway through, like I realized I didn't want to bake anything for my own family for Christmas because I was so tired of, you know, that commitment that I had. And it's that sort of stuff where now, if it's not like if someone asks me to do something or asks me to, you know, be a part of something, generally, if it's something to do with, um, like extracurriculars, I don't volunteer to be in charge because I'm like, I'm already in charge in one place in my life at the office and sort of at charge in charge at home. I mostly leave my husband in charge <laughs> of that stuff, but like, I don't need another place to be in charge. So I will say no to those. It can be super awkward, but I just know that it's not the right choice. And then some of those other things, even if it's like dinner with a friend, if it's not a friend, I like really want to hang out with. If it's not a heck yes, it's a hell no. And learning to say no, even when people pressure you is such a big deal. So people pleasers are just totally at risk because the lie is that you can do everything and you shouldn't, even if you could, you shouldn't, it's unnecessary. Right. And so, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes in visits I've honestly tried to get them to people please me by (laughs) telling them that they shouldn't people please anymore. And I feel like sometimes it works, but, but it's, it's so challenging for people. And you know, it's, as 
it's so frustrating, especially as a healthcare provider, to kind of have to to sit and and watch the car crash come slowly that you know yeah. is coming. And it's it's you know, but like the old saying, you can only lead a horse to water, you can't make a drink. And so people really do have to take the responsibility for themselves. And and I feel like learning about yourself and learning about how you tick and learning about what stresses you out and overwhelms you, but then trying to work that back so that then you can see the signs coming from a mile away. Right. So that then, you know, you can be that if it's not a heck yes, it's a hell no. And, and that makes so much, so much easier. Totally. You wanted to talk a little bit about opportunity versus alignment. Is that kind of what you're meaning in that when you ask when you want to talk about the differences is where like, if something aligns with me, like this is something I really want to be a part of, I'm going to do it. But if it's just an opportunity, I might just say no. Yeah. And so I think opportunity, especially for your listeners who are more entrepreneurial or have their own small businesses or that kind of thing. I think that, that really focusing on alignment and truly what you believe in and what your values are and what you gets you so excited and, and, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning and things that really, motivate you and would cause you to be that pusher because you just feel so passionately about it. That's the kind of stuff I want you doing all the time. Right. It's not, it's not the, Oh, you know, like I could, did, did they like pay you to do that crazy catered thing? No. Yeah. No. So, I mean, you know, there might be some people out there, if you were like, no, you know what? I love to bake. I love making things from scratch. Like that could have been an alignment sort of thing, but you know, we just have to make sure that, that again, the things that we're saying yes to aren't just things that like, yeah, I could do that. Especially for small business owners. It's like, is there stuff that you hate doing and you're not good at? Like, don't do that stuff. Hire it out. Totally. The stuff that like sucks the lifeblood out of you. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Because that stuff is so exhausting for people too. And, you know, I I feel like it's sort of the same thing. I mean, a little bit different. And I, again, I know we've talked about this before. I I understand that there's privilege with things and um, you're not always going to be able to do what you'd like to do for things. But, you know, if there's, if there's stuff at home that you hate doing and you have kids, hint, hint, um, you know, you hate doing laundry. Well, maybe that's one of the first little chores that you get your kids to do, or totally. maybe there's things that you can kind of pawn off on others or hire out for, or, or do those sorts of things. And, and I, I want to be very gentle in this because this can be very life shattering for people, but it really goes the same thing with jobs. And it really is the same thing with relationships too. I know. And it a lot of people, me. Yeah, a lot of people are staying in jobs. A lot of people are staying in relationships because they're comfortable and they feel sort of safe. But you know, deep down, it's 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 not it's not aligned. And I feel like, especially, I've noticed our generation, the millennials, that we're so we're not as good at faking it as I feel like past generations were. Yes, I so totally it would be agree. so often, you know, like our parents would be like, yeah, like I worked in the same job for like decades and then I retired and like that was it and I was kind of miserable the whole time but you work hard and you bring home a paycheck and that's that right whereas for us I feel like we we don't do well with that sort of mentality and it it it, to be honest excites me because the the quicker we can feel miserable about something hopefully the quicker that that means we can change something for the better that's so interesting because I've wondered forever why it's so different for different generations. And I don't know if it's that they couldn't see the possibility or they couldn't take the risk. 
maybe because their parents, like our parents would have taken a little bit more risk than their parents had taken. And I don't know if that's what kind of changes it, but you're totally right. Like if something doesn't align with me, it is really hard for me to stay in it. Like it's, me too. yeah, it really, it becomes like almost a physical struggle to stay in it. What can we watch for in our bodies as signs of too much stress, signs and symptoms? Oh my gosh, literally anything. So I get patients who come in with crazy migraines. I get patients who come in with crazy gut issues, whether it's heartburn or indigestion or stomach cramps or diarrhea or constipation. I get patients who will have their eczema flare. I get patients who will come in and their hormones will just be all over the place and we'll be getting crazy PMS and they'll be getting crazy cramps and lots of breast tenderness and, you know, irregular or missed cycles is a huge thing. I always often explain too that the, between the, the thyroid and the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands are the ones that produce the cortisol for you. So that's kind right. of your big stress, stress hormone. But the, I always say that the the thyroid gland is kind of like the baby and the, the adrenal glands are kind of like the parents. And so the parents Aww. can get stressed out to a point where then the thyroid, the baby starts to be affected by the parents' stress levels. And so the thyroid is raising itself. One. That's a problem. The baby's, yeah, the baby's <laughs> freaking out. So the, uh, the thyroid issues are huge, especially for women. We see autoimmune disease flares. Of course, there's huge issues with fatigue fatigue during the day and then insomnia at night, which is just the worst combination of things. You know, I, I have women yeah. who come in and they're like, I like, I have no libido. Like I just have no interest. And I'm like, I know why it's super obvious, right? When you're exhausted from sort of an evolutionary perspective, you know, lib libido is all about procreation. It's all about having kids and babies. And when you're super exhausted and really overwhelmed, your body's like, it's not, we don't need any babies right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, huge. Responsibility is the um, killer of libido. So the more mm -hmm. responsibilities you have, the more deadlines, the more tight, more stressors, right? Like it's like, th I always say, think about getting ready for a holiday, which sounds exciting. Like you're like, we're going to Mexico where, but you are so stressed out flying around town, getting everything yeah. done. You're not thinking about sex. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Any, but that's the, goes the same for anything, work, kids, commitments, family obligations, there's all those things you're just doing. It's no different. Um, the stress it just, but yeah, it totally kills libido. Yeah. Body pain is another huge one. So I have patients who things right. are just crazy and they're overwhelmed. And, and when things get particularly bad, body pain will come out. So sometimes it can be full over body pain. Sometimes it'll be certain joints. Um, other times, you know, I, I've had patients where, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's really different for everybody. And then of course there's the big obvious things like your high blood pressure, like anxiety right. and panic attacks or low mood and depression or not wanting to get out of bed or, you know, being really short with your family or coworkers or friends or not wanting to do activities that you used to enjoy, or, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's so much. And then you know, we, we tend to think of it only for men, but cardiovascular disease is also a huge thing and, and stress hugely impacts how our hearts function and how well they do. And then certainly speaking of COVID 2020, stress is really, really, really hard on the immune system. Yeah. And no so kidding. it's so important for so many different reasons that we, we really try to support our bodies as best as we can. And, and like I said, once we really get to know ourselves a little bit better and can connect and check in to be like, Oh, yep. Like there's that first little hint that I, that 
I'm not feeling good. My physical body's not feeling good. And that's when I know I need to pull back immediately so that then I don't get this, you know, chain of reaction of awful things that will happen if I keep going and just ignore that body sign. Totally. I think I'll notice it. I'll often have like a really, really good day. There's nothing I feel stressed about in the moment, but like I'm a pusher, right? So even my um, good stuff is pushing. Like if I'm going to bake, I'm going to bake like six things today. That's a lie. I might make like three things. I shouldn't over-exaggerate, but um, I'm going to push whatever I do. So with that in mind, I'll lay down at night and then all of a sudden I'm like, <gasps> like my chest is tight and I'm like, what is happening? Like, but that's where yeah. it's, it's still stress. And so it's learning to embrace like really calm, do some meditation. Like, you know, like there's just stuff that we have to we have to incorporate, we can't, and, and then stuff that we have to take out, like that we can't keep totally. in our lives. Right. Yeah. Like you don't need to be baking three things in a day. I know. And I love it. Baking's like yeah. my, my stress relief, <laughs> but I, I know you're, you're, you're totally right. And I even sometimes, because I, I am over ambitious, I'll decide like, no, I'm just going to make this and that's good enough for today. Like, cause then I should just sit down and just hang out for a bit and read or, you know exactly like, so there's yeah. there's me tricking you into people pleasing for me just think of me <laughs> scolding you for doing just want too your much approval so bad um yeah. i i find it interesting and yet not interesting i guess but really sad cuz you titled anxiety panic attacks depression just under the category of misery and it's yeah. so true but that's just like misery is such a heartbreaking word cuz you can think of how it feels to be miserable how it um what it looks like to live in a state of ongoing misery, you know, and yeah, it I, breaks my heart. I literally try to ask every single patient in the initial visit, what do you do for work, you know, for school, for work, those kinds of things. And how's it going? And I ask the same thing of, of, you know, relationships. Yeah. Do you feel safe? Are you happy? How miserable are you again, both with work or with relationships? Because I, you know, again, medications and supplements can't outcompete misery a lot of the time. And there are a lot of people happy to stay miserable. Maybe not happy to, but resigned to stay resigned miserable. Resigned to stay miserable. Yeah. And I think that is to anyone listening, it's like a call to, you know, how do you want to live your life? Right. Because and that's a yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like these, some of these things, especially when you start digging deep and especially when you really start looking at things and, and checking into how your body's feeling and looking at, you know, how you feel about work or how you feel about a relationship, those can be really, really big decisions that have to come out of that. And so know that the decision, A, doesn't have to be made today or tomorrow or right. the next day or the next day, but it's really just to start to take a look at things and, and just know that even, you know, they, they talk about even just recognition is really the first step of everything. And we can sort out the details later, but it's, it's so key even just to, to notice those kinds of things. And, and it's, it's not always easy work, but I can tell you often in the end, it's, it's so beyond worth it once you can get out of that, those feelings of misery. Well, I think even for, like you said, first admitting it, but then being like, okay, so we need counseling or, you know, something, yeah. ne something needs to happen. I think even a lot of times in taking that first step to realize you can take the next step towards a healthier 
position, whatever that is. Maybe you can't depending on the relationship, right? But for a lot of yep. people, it, it's like, it doesn't have to mean that you can get out of it, but maybe you need to get out of the way it sits and looks right now by, yep. you know, calling the relationship to a higher level or evolving, you know, or going to counseling or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love that you ask those questions because I love how the naturopathic doctor looks at the whole body and the whole person and isn't just, you know, like I love that you consider all of that. That is just, everybody needs a naturopath. It's so good. It's so important though. Yeah, it is because so we merge. We, we're yeah. just multifaceted. We're, you know, your work is, is part of your life. So if you hate your life, you hate your work, you hate your life. Like it just, yeah. it just rots you almost. And then you become the person yelling at birds. You don't want to be that person. Right? Oh no. <laughs> well, and, and the hard part too, again, especially for the type A and pushers is that you may not necessarily be outwardly miserable right? because of something, but that doesn't mean that your body is coping with what it is. Yeah, totally. So you might love something. You love to bake 35 things in a day, but like, sorry. I actually now hit a point like, I forget what it was. Oh, someone's wife was dying of cancer. And I just like felt so passionate because they have four kids and I was just heartbroken. Like I was just so taken by what was going on in their lives, but I made them so much food. It was awkward. Like it was weird. Like I didn't know them enough. I was like, what have I done? I was so embarrassed. I made like three casseroles. I made like a chocolate cake. I made a batch of muffins. I made peanut butter balls. Like I just wanted to like love these kids for the rest of their life or something. And then I was like, I'm embarrassed of myself. Like what have I done? And it was just that my like love for people overtook me. And so, and at the end of the day though, cause that was my Sunday, I was fried. And then I recognized, yeah. okay, they would have been happy with like one casserole and a chocolate cake. Like, you know what I mean? Like they probably didn't even need chocolate cake or I could have bought something or whatever, but my heart was in the right place. But just because my heart's in the right place doesn't mean I need yeah. to do something that crazy. Totally. Right? And, and, and all that at once. Right. So yes. maybe you bring them a casserole this week and muffins next week. And it's sort of really looking at things to be like, yeah. where where can I fit this in into my priorities? And, and what does that look like when I include my body as a priority as well? Totally, totally. So what's the goal to work towards when it comes to stress? What should our goals be? Oh gosh, so this is such a big one. And this is such a, I say, I say the phrase in an ideal world a lot. So this is sort of one of those places where that phrase comes in. But in an ideal world, I, I really want you to figure out what you want your life to look like at this mm. particular stage. So this particular that. stage, you know, if you're a new mom and, you know, you're, you're home with the kids and, you know, maybe, maybe running 10 miles a day, not super important at this particular stage because you're, you know, knee deep in diapers and yeah, totally trying to, you know, keep everything together and enjoy your kids. And, you know, cause I mean, certainly those, those phases go really quickly or, you know, maybe you're in a stage where you're like, this is, this is where I'm really pushing in my career. This is things that are really important to me. And, and cause I think that it's so important that we understand that we just can't do everything and that's okay. Yeah. And we shouldn't, we can't even do if everything. we can, like, even if yeah. we take out couldn't and can and say like, not going to, or I don't want to, or you know what I mean? Changing the language around it. Yeah. So I think that's so important. And then I think the other thing that's so important 
generally we are definitely a species and creature of of habit and regular routine so i think as much as we can kind of have that set for people the better their bodies will feel with things because they know when work and and having to be on and having to push and having to strive for things comes but they the body also knows then yes this was a crazy day but i know i can go home tonight and and we're going to get that rest and relaxation and recovery period as well Absolutely. I think that's awesome. I noticed that you didn't say anything about balance. Do you believe in balance? Not, I, I just don't think that full, full balance is possible. And so I think that's why it's really important to figure out what your priorities are for right now. And they might change next month or next year, right. and that's totally fine. But um, I think that we've been tricked into believing like, oh, you just need to balance better. Like, oh, just have better time management. It's like, no, that's not, that's not the answer. I feel like in a, in a really big picture revolutionary kind of sense, society is so broken in the way that we, how much we work and how much we don't rest. And, you know, we're shipping our kids off to school and, you know, not spending time with them. And it made me so honestly sad to see how many parents were so instantly overwhelmed and stressed out when their kids were home because the school shut down. Right. It made me so sad. You know, the, all the, the day drinking and the misery and people complaining about how annoying their kids were and like that, that, that sucks. Right. And I yeah. feel like we should be able to, again, coming from a place of privilege, I get it for sure. But the, the goal is to be able to have a life that you want to lead and have a life that makes you happy and, and have a life that, that doesn't stress you out. And I know, of course, that COVID and 2020 has thrown us a bajillion curveballs and, and really right. brought things to light. But I, again, looking at the positives of what this year has brought, it's like, what have you learned? What did it teach you? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to do more of? I can't tell you too how many patients, you know, it was like, holy smokes, like my commute to work was killing me. Oh, now that I, yeah. I'm working from home, I'm taking that much less time to have to commute. Like holy smokes, my, my body, that extra half an hour of sleep just makes the world a difference. Yeah. I think for me, it, like I could cry, but I, I feel like I'm not going to, I feel like I could, like, I feel like I fell more in love with my family and now I want a different, I want to alter how I live out my career years for the next 10 years with the kids home because I'm like, nope, I don't want to be at the office this much. It's not what I want. And so I think for me, it really brought out um, just how crazy I am about these people at my house. You know, like I just love them so much and they're, they're even better than I feel like I was paying attention to. Like they're better than, (laughs) they're not like they're better than I knew because I, I know them and I still spend a ton of time with them. But like, I just feel like more obsessed with them and I just love them so much. And it's made me be like, yeah, I don't need to be at an office all day to do a great job. I need to find something that makes sense for my life and, and not give up those years. You know, like I think for me, it brought really positive shifts in my, in my mind about what am I committed to, to creating with these kids and my husband, you know, like what life do I want us to have? Um, but that's interesting. I like that you said that about balance. I've struggled because I think for a long time I was like, oh, it's all about balance. And then everyone was like, balance is BS. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know. Like now I'm like, no, I've been, I've been using this term as like, you know, a thing. And now it's not, now it's like a word. Everyone's like, well, that doesn't really exist. And I get it. Like you have one pie chart and you have 
you know, only so much for everything, but you only have one pie, you know, like there isn't yeah. more. And so it's like, how small do you, no one likes to eat small pieces of pie. Like I don't. So it's like, how yeah. small do you want these slivers to be? Like my kids get a tiny sliver and you know, like, how do you want to, how much of your pie do you want to give up? And yeah, so I think it's, it's interesting that you say that about balance. And I think that it's just about cutting stuff in and take adding stuff in and cutting stuff out instead of adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. Totally. And again, looking at what your priorities are for right now. And so, you know, and, and really, I think it's sort of just our ideals behind what balance stands for, because I think traditionally balance is like you do everything perfectly and you're like perfect and you live this like happy, incredible life and like everything is just laddied up, but like that does not exist. However, (laughs) (laughs) however, you can still find the balance in whatever your life is looking like, depending on what your priorities are with the caveat that I demand that you include time for, for rest and recovery. Yeah. And I want to be very clear that when I say rest and recovery, I don't mean be lazy. I literally mean rest and recovery, which are requirements for humans to survive. When, when you say rest, I think of things like, like going for like a, a really leisurely walk. Like I'm not panting like a walk in the woods or, you know, picking weeds in your garden or I don't know, like, what do you, what do you do for rest and recovery? That's a good question. And, and often I will tell patients, here's a list of things. Here's a list of ideas, pick and choose the things that you love. I don't want you trying to rest and recover with things that you're like, I hate this. I'm so miserable. Right. I want you to pick things that make you really happy and make your little heart sing. So for me, I, I feel like people are going to try to abduct me for this and steal me for their yards. But like, I love weeding so much. I oh, find so that it resonates so, like, when I say that to you. Soothing. Yeah, <laughs> it super resonates for me. I, I really like it. And, and so that kind of stuff for me, definitely spending out time outside outdoors. Mm-hmm. I'm a super duper nerd. So learning new things is always really important to me. Um, but the gardening is, is definitely, definitely a really big one for me. But I also took up knitting. I love to take bubble baths. I love to do restorative yoga, like those kinds of things. And so, you know, whether you like to color or whether you like to, you know, like whatever that looks like for you is fantastic. Yeah. I think for me, it's usually moving my body, but not, but in a really gentle way that really, really restores me. Um, and one of my favorite things now is reading. I just love to read and the escapism we have in books, right? That we've kind of in the years, last years, like switched to more TV and stuff. And now that I'm back to reading, I'm like, reading is so addictive. I like can't be a mom and have a job and read books (laughs) because I feel like all I want to do is be like, I'm going to hide in my closet and don't talk to me until I'm done this book. (laughs) Books are, books are a problem that way. So one thing I wanted to, um, talk really quickly about is I have a lot of women in my life that are, um, overcommitted in so many ways. And so it's, you know, volunteering at the church or being on the PTA, um, and, you know, helping out in all these different ways, managing the sports teams and doing all these things. And it's, it's, I feel like people see it as noble to a degree. So they feel like, you know, it's, it's really important that they do it and yeah, you can do it. 
if you have space in your life for it and don't do it to be liked or to be accepted or to be a part, do it only out of the joy of your heart. And so something I, that I know for myself is when, cause I used to be that person. Um, and so that's where, what I realized was the people that were missing out were my three men at home. My three guys at home were the ones that were, they're not going to fire me. They're not going to, um, you know, chastise me for not joining something. So they were easy to cast aside. And so I was way overcommitted because they weren't, they were just like, okay, have fun. And then that was it. And so I made a commitment to myself, I think like two or three years ago that I was going to be home four nights a week for sure. I wasn't going to be out doing other things and that sort of thing. And then I fell so in love with that, that then I quickly changed it to five. Like I was just, you know, I just didn't feel like when you're a young mom, you have to sometimes escape because you just are at home all the time. Right. And so, like you said, it, whatever your stage of life is, but recognizing that sometimes you have to set some boundaries for yourself and put some commitments in place around what you're most committed to, because it's so easy to just be a yes person. And so that was something that I kind of wanted, um, to, to call out. And yet to say like down the road, when my kids are older, I'd love to commit and commit to things in different ways, but right now that they are my priority. Right. And so, but sometimes you need your own set of rules for how you live your life or how you live your life, governing rules for your little family, because it's too easy to just say yes to people. If you don't have kind of your own set standard, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Coping techniques. How do we get through in the meantime, Dr. Shannon? Yes. So I've definitely got a handful of these, but I feel like the list is almost infinite. So like we talked about earlier, routine is so, so important for things. The other thing is that as much as patients are able to manage healthy foods, as much as you can stand it, whether that's getting food delivered or, you know, you're getting those those meal boxes where you just have to spend right. 20 minutes making healthy meals, but really to cut down on the sugar, to cut down the processed foods. Cause I promise you as, as much as it's giving you that, that hit or that jolt and, and, you know, giving you a little bit of extra neurotransmitters and things to make you feel good. It's not doing any good for a stressed out body. So as much as you can keep healthy foods in there. And that's not to say that you can't have chips sometimes and you can't have pie sometimes. It's not to say that at all, but it's really to make sure that we're nourishing our bodies as best as possible because we love them so much and because we need them to perform so well. Again, the treat shouldn't be to do something bad for your body. The treat should be to do something incredible for your body. I just love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because the other you thing love that, your body. That's because so you nice. love your body. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't eat kale because you like think you have to eat leafy greens. And if you don't like kale, again, that's fine. Who cares? Doesn't matter. But the idea should be that you're 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 nourishing yourself physically and then but also mentally. Well, and I think too, like one of our new kind of rules in the house is that I make um, a really, really nutrient dense, delicious green smoothie. And we each have one and we've started, you know, years ago, everyone had the big, huge uh, shaker cups and smoothie cups. We do a lot, a a way smaller amount. So it's not as, um, it's not really a meal. It's sort of just like a vitamin drink you know, and it's kind of something that that's one of our things that we always have all of us every day. And it's just, and even things like things like licorice, like I don't want to buy the kids anything that I'll, I'll buy them chocolate as a treat or I'll buy them chips, but like really looking for like the chemicals and the colors and the dyes, because you're right. Those, our bodies are stressed enough. Let's not add Twizzlers to that, you know, foreign, not even really food substances. That's just 
adding stress that that's stress we can control. That might be some of the only stress in some ways that we can control, but we can. So like cut it out. I hate licorice. Totally. And to try to ensure that your blood sugar levels are stable is going to help your energy and your mood feel better throughout the day. So making sure that you're getting some fat and protein with each meal and then making sure that I feel like my goal is always to get patients to aim for at least half their plate of vegetables and vegetables don't include half a plate or in that half a plate doesn't include starchy vegetables. So like corn or potatoes or that kind of thing. Right. Um, another thing that's so, so important again is routine around the routine is that regular bedtime every single day. So your body really needs to go to sleep and wake up every, the same time every day. And that, that is so huge. And to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. I literally ask everybody to how many hours are you sleeping? Do you wake up feeling fantastic? Or do you wake up feeling kind of meh? If you're waking up feeling meh, you need to sleep more because it's free and it's cheap and it's easy and it's restful and it's recovery and it's helping to, you know, pull things out of your brain and incorporate. Like it's just sleep is so, so important. Well, and I have to say, don't, don't neglect it. Right. Um, I think my husband is someone who always is like, are we going to bed really this early? Like how lame are we? (laughs) It's like, I'm always like, we're not trying to be cool. Like we're almost 40. Like we don't need to stay up late. But I think a lot of times if you're lacking satisfaction in your job, Um, that's something I notice if people are, um, really chasing the evening because they're like, Oh, like my, if you, if your day is lame, you seek more out of your evening where I'm like, if my day is like super full and I had a great day, like I can fall into bed. My ideal time is like nine 45 fall into bed. And I just feel like so ready for it. But yeah, if you're not loving your job, you're going to like be like, I got to stay up watching shows or do something. And so I feel like that's another way to get curious about your, your fulfillment. Like, am I fulfilled enough during the day? Now I'm chasing the evening for no apparent reason. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, we've talked about this whole entire episode, go deep, check in with yourself, see where things are sitting on a mental and emotional level, but also literally on a physical level and moment by moment, because it's really important to be like, when's the last time I had any water or have I eaten today? Or, you know, especially again, the type A's and the pushers, they're so good at neglecting those kinds of things because they're like, no, I have this crazy list of 85 things that I need to get done today. And I don't have time to eat or drink or go to the bathroom or do anything that's actually healthy. Just so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. The other thing is so important is really find yourself an awesome naturopathic doctor local. Um, I'm here to help anybody in Alberta, but if there's patients that are outside of Alberta and people who need that extra support, there's so many different things we can do supplement-wise, again, to help band-aid things, to physiologically help things if, if things are off, if your iron's low, if your thyroid's sad, if your hormones are a bit off, so that while we're doing those supplemental things, we can keep working on the lifestyle stuff so that as the band-aid goes, then once we get to the end and we can remove the band-aid, everything's healed up and feeling really good. So that support is there for you and, and just reach out to me, maybe come find me on Instagram and I'd be happy to help find a referral for you wherever you are locally. What's your name on the ground? Um, it's just, yeah, it's just Dr. Shannon Morgenstern. Super easy. And then the other thing that I, I have been telling patients as much as I can tell every single patient that I've seen lately is that Rest is not a reward. It's a right. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I need to repeat it like eight more times for all the type A's and the pushers. Rest is not a reward. It is a right. 
So I know it's going to be challenging, but you need to quit feeling guilty and quit feeling like you're being lazy because you're not. Again, if you, if you need a little bit of people pleasing, you can think of me watching you, <laughs> watching you overwork and watching you not take breaks or eat healthy or do those kinds of things and have that be the, the bandaid at the beginning. But it's, it's so, so important that we, we have to make that part a priority. And so, you know, your family might be a priority, work might be a priority, but there's, there's ways that we can get rest in there to incorporate those kinds of things and, and still be achieving the things we're hoping to achieve. I feel like it goes back to that connection too, because it's huge because you love your body, right? Like you yeah. said, rest is not a right rest. There you go. Rest, rest is, is not, right. rest <laughs> is not a reward. It's a right and do it because you love your body right? Like I feel like we, we don't connect enough. And so some people, like I stay curious all the time, but a lot of people, and that's only because I've been more curious in the last few years and that just breeds more curiosity. But I think a lot of times people are actually really, really, really disconnected from what's happening in their body and then taking no accountability or ownership over the outcome. And so it's like the more connected you are, like you said, that increases your love and your acceptance and your understanding for what your body is dealing with and persevering through and everything like it breaks your heart yeah and the other thing too is is I want to be I know that there's a lot of women out there who don't love their bodies for a variety of reasons and there's so much society bs that we put up with and Mm -hmm. just it's it's so awful and outrageous and so you may not love your body and so that's that's something to work on for sure. But in the meantime, do it because you want to love your body and because you want your body to feel love that you don't necessarily feel all the time. I love that. Oh, Shannon, this was very good. Thank you for this. I hope that this makes everyone feel really, um, I don't know, like that they can, they have some, they have some empowerment. They have some choices they can own and some ways that they can better their life and tis the season for stress and overwhelm to just put it aside, put it aside. And if anything, this year, just bail and blame COVID. So bail and blame the Rona. (laughs) Say you have a scratchy throat. (laughs) You can't see anybody. That's the best ever. Shannon, you're the best. Thanks doctor. This was a pleasure as always. You're very welcome. Thanks for tuning in. You guys, I hope that left you feeling a little more hopeful a little more joyous, and a little more merry merry as you progress into this holiday season. I hope you sit back, hope you relax, and I hope you have a great rest of your month. Merry Christmas.